From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. Wallet Watch is a podcast brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts, sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games, delivering financial topics in a fun and interesting way. I'm one of your hosts, Amanda. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Devante. We're so glad you're here. As a disclaimer, due to social distancing guidelines and keeping us all at home safely, we have recorded this episode virtually and sound quality may be impacted. Today, listeners, we want to add something new to the podcast that we will continue to include moving on, which is a small business highlight. To continue this season's conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion, we have invited someone who is promoting change in that arena. Eric Foster, co-founder, chair, and managing director of Rende Progress Capital. Welcome, Eric. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, to start, can you introduce our listeners to Rende Progress Capital? Sure. And again, thank you and MSU FCU for being a partner in our work to eliminate the racial wealth gap through entrepreneurship. And that, in essence, is uh, the mission of Rendy Progress Capital. We are the nation's only racial equity loan fund and emerging community development financial institution, making loans, uh, small business lending to excluded entrepreneurs who have faced barriers to conventional capital due to racial bias, racial inequities in conventional lending, as well as a host of other factors. So uh, those excluded entrepreneurs that we serve in business sectors, ranging from retail to restaurant, to senior adult daycare, uh, to tech uh, supermarkets, our excluded entrepreneurs who are African-American, Hispanic, Latino, Asian, Native American and immigrant not because of their race, but they statistically, as I'm sure we'll go into more detail later, they face or have faced over decades a variety of barriers to access loans through traditional institutions. So we are emerging CDFI, uh, Community Development Financial Institutions, that specialize in offering uh, and investing in underrepresented communities through below market, but progressive, nonetheless, focused on profit and lending, not giving grants to businesses uh, in ways that uh, they may not be able to access capital from traditional sources. And that's Rendy Progress Capital. We are three years young and uh, making a wonderful impact with partners such as MSU FCU. Thank you for sharing that. So Eric, just to dive in a little bit more, what is racial equity loan funding? Well, you know, it's part of what many uh, wish that in this society we should be doing, whether it happens to be a conventional bank or whether an institution like us. And it's 
to lend in a way where you are taking account the business fundamentals of said business borrower, as well as some of the racial inequities that that business has overcome and endured. And for us, it's about making those circumstances, those barriers that the businesses of color that we lend to uh, have overcome to make it actually count in the review and approval process, just like you would uh, with any other character faction, uh, fraction or character quotient of uh, someone's upstanding uh, nature to persevere. So basically for us, it means these few things. One, racial equity lending is really about the focus on you as a lender recognizing fact that an excluded entrepreneur of color has already statistically represented some of the barriers to lending different than their white peers. And then you're doing something uh, about it. It's, I think, taking into account their factors of where they do business. Are they in a census tract that represents uh, a sizable majority community of color? And are they hiring from that community? And just as much as we're looking at a certain percentage of business fundamentals, pro forma statements, we take into account as a racial equity focused lender. If you are in a particular census tract, 40% African-American, 20% uh, in that neighborhood, low income, or you happen to be in a 25% uh, census tract of Hispanic Latino, but the area that you are located in is being heavily gentrified, but you need to remain in that market or that neighborhood, not just for your business presence, but to help continue the stabilization of that community so that they don't get misplaced because of gentrification. And we make that count just as much as credit, collateral. We track if a potential borrower is hiring members from uh, reintroduced society. Some would call them uh, ex-offenders. We try to make that count when we look at the approval of a loan. Uh, we look at, lastly, a racial equity lender uses systems that correct statistical barriers that entrepreneurs of color face. So for instance, uh, example, in the Grand Rapids area, we found probably three years ago that because some entrepreneurs of color could not receive a loan, even if they were somewhat or just as credit worthy as their white peers, they did one of three things after loan denial. They borrowed against their own assets at more of a rate than you normally would when you have to put personal sweat equity. They forego talking to anyone, bank, credit union, or otherwise, or 12% went to some portion of funding their concern with a predatory loan. So a racial equity lender looks at that, engages the community before we came to market, 
And then as we saw in two instances, when we were formed, two borrowers who were awesome businesses, and we saw they had a predatory loan under the books, uh, we took care of that, uh, that debt just as much as we gave them working capital. So that's what a racial equity uh, lender is about. Well, thank you so much, Eric. And I'm sure that that is opening doors for so many people and allowing them to steer clear of those predatory lenders. And I just think that that is amazing, your mission that you have for your company. Thank you. So I know that we've you know, we've got kind of got into uh, what Rende Progress Capital is and um, all that, you know, you all are doing. But I'd like for you to kind of introduce yourself, kind of tell us your journey of what led you to where you're at now. <laughs> Somewhat of a reluctant journey. Uh, I didn't plan for, and there are some days uh, to this day that I somehow think, why did I do this? I knew the answer as to my motivations uh, a few years ago. And I think really for me, it happened to come out of one, I'm a business owner, uh, I'm a business uh, leader. I've had my separate company, I guess now, separate from Rindy Progress Capital, probably for 11 years, Progress Strategies Plus, a project management company. And that was rooted in what I learned from my grandfather who experienced social and economic exclusion in the deep South uh, in his secondary job as a handyman, electrician. Uh, so for me, I always knew what a business person was and what a business uh, owner of color uh, who beats the odds. But I always remember just a indelible mark in my mind. I just knew he faced barriers. If I was on that pickup truck, uh, when he would go job to job, when I'm there staying with him in the summer, and I saw what it meant in terms of the barriers that he faced, that helped give me some thoughts that I too, one day would run into those barriers, but not be defeated by them to answer what I was always encouraged by my family, and that is start your own business one day. So once I saw both the barriers and the impacts of businesses of color in Grand Rapids, Michigan, very entrepreneurial uh, area, I knew in that young age that my hometown could be a more vibrant business community if the barriers that I saw to capital, to fair access, uh, starting out on the same uh, starting line with their white peers could happen, then everything could be possible for a growing community that is rooted in business and business opportunities for all. But I didn't see that to its fullest and most healthiest. It wasn't until I moved and worked in Washington, D.C where I saw what a full, supportive, barrier-free entrepreneurial ecosystem for businesses of color could be, that's when I started to figure that I could be somewhere in the universe of not just being a business owner, 
and successful entrepreneur myself, but to help correct the actions uh, behind the barriers that I saw in my hometown. So last part of that, giving you way much in uh, quite a few years, I happen to be encouraged to be uh, a W.K. Kellogg fellow. I had enough on my plate as one of the few business owners out of 200 uh, fellows throughout the country. And this was my project. I knew about CDFIs during my work on Capitol Hill. I knew that they could be a vehicle to economic equity, but the project was to come up with the idea and then have a community gathering to bid it out. And it just kept coming back to me that I should be the person if I'm creating it to run it. So it came out of a dream and a project. And like I said, I'm a reluctant soldier because it's not something I had to do. It was just something that I really felt I wanted to do to create opportunities. That's great. So quick story, my colleague and co-founder, uh, CQ for short, we call him Kung Win. Uh, when we were coming up with the name of Rindy Progress Capital, or at the time, the name for whatever we wanted to name it, we said, what do we want the free market, uh, inclusive economy, uh, good business opportunities to mean for entrepreneurs of color, looking at the historical barriers that they faced? What did we want or do we want our capital to do? And we were just talking one day and we said, you know, we want our capital to help business owners, their families, their children to progress, progress towards profit, progress towards full ownership, progress to close the racial wealth gap as an eye for the future. But what we want the capital they receive to do in restoring the past is to render, make them whole from the decades where those women of color owned businesses and others face barrier after barrier. So we wanted our capital to return, to make them whole, to render. Then we just got cute and dropped off the R, kept the E. So render complete, return progress through capital. Wow. I like that. The, the whole like culmination and how it all came together. That's nice. I would have, of course, my, my mind doesn't really probably doesn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say someone wants to get a loan from you all, get financing from you all. What is that application process like? Sure. I would first say it's both the technical answer, but also uh, what we consider the racial equity readiness answer as well in terms of being prepared. First, to know that we have a product segmentation. We try to stay innovative where we have standard lending and currently right now added to that lending separate from standard is COVID relief type lending. We have two different products uh, for that in standard and in COVID. We also have loan products that are somewhat tiered and focused. 
for different business tenure. So standard lending under the umbrella of businesses who we consider existing five years or more in tenure, emerging two years or more in business, and what we consider newbies. Some businesses under two years, uh, probably around six months uh, new. We don't start at zero with startup concept on paper companies. And it's really uh, both informative and instructive in a good management of time when you hear that answer to pass on to people to know, you know, the different uh, business tenures that we really try to represent. But because of our youth and assets under management growing, we, we just can't get a business plan and your concept or your thought and, and start you out with uh, capital. We have to see some kind of performance, your legal formation, your performance, even if it may be not two years of information, uh, but maybe it's depending on what track, 90 days or more of uh, statements and financials. So that's one thing that I just wanted to get out the way. I think also just to know if you are a potential applicant as an excluded entrepreneur, we are both head and heart. We are both racial equity and finance. We are business and we are mission. And I just think for a interested party looking for affordable capital to be looked at holistically, both on your business fundamentals, as well as some of those social responsible things that your company does that we can uh, really take into account. I just think I always have to start with people needing to know that about us. We're not grants. We are not giving away uh, capital. We'll look at that, who you are as a business, but we'll look at you different than a bank. And sometimes I think it's always good for people to know that. So once you find yourself in that particular uh, potential interest, you can go to www.rendyprogresscapital.com and you can see and select an apply now button. That's step one to know that after you know those things that I shared with you, to know that you have a capital need, that you have uh, a desire to persevere, uh, visit the website and then you will go through an online portal. First, um, there's a red box under our logo and you just start to tell us about yourself. Uh, register a password, a username, start in on your application and applicant uh, has to provide us something that could take, you know, a few minutes, pro forma documents, tax statements. You start to make a inquiry with our business development officer or our loan officer. They'll start to get to know you. It's not just a countdown, lock in the system, faceless platform. We at that point will have one of our staff members interact with people, help them. And that's another essential thing that I have to say that we're different uh, than other institutions. If you're stuck on something with your cost variance analysis or your personal budget or business budget spreadsheet, or you have to tweak something up in what you download, other institutions, not saying that they're all 
like our uh, good partners at MSU FCU. If you're not ready, whether in the application portal or in the eyes of a loan officer and their time, they'll tell you, move on. We'll help navigate you back and forth. So then you just continue to look under apply under new product, whether that's a standard loan, some type of COVID relief loan called our Race for Progress loan. You'll get a text and email that um, your application is moving forth. And it's just a portal takes you through both the technical, the application, but it also introduces you to the people at Rendy Progress Capital. I love that because I feel like many business owners are very intimidated with that process of going through a loan application. And there's probably things that they're encountering that are you know, kind of that financial institution lingo that they might not know about. And I know that it means the world to those individuals if they get that education piece during the application process as well. Some people don't like us doing that. I think I was, and, and this is where I, you know, just get passionate when you say things in terms of that distinctive. I recall I was visiting with a potential investor, uh, individual investor. We were discussing just capital acquisition for our growing uh, loan capital. And the same day that we were meeting, there was a Grand Rapids Business Journal article on one of our, at the time, newest, probably third or fourth loan customer, I believe at the time, second woman of color owned business. We're now 67.7 of our customers are, are women of color. He was reading the article prior to the meeting of her profile, talking about the barriers that you know she uh, overcame to get her salon to market, the pooling of family and friends assets that probably you know compared to her peers, she had to acquire maybe twenty percent more uh, money for a equity or collateral position. But anyway, among all of that, she talks about just how we poured so much time and taking her through the process. And so this investor said, did she say something like, I forget how many days, you know, 10 days in the article. Did I read that right? Why are you spending this much time? That's a lot of staff leakage. You know, so if you're talking to me about an investor, you need to tell me why you spend so much time taking somebody through a system that if they really want the capital, like me, they should know how to hit this button, download this. And I said, you know, we don't mind because if our extra 10 minutes or 10 days uh, took an extra amount of time to offset the 10 years that she was looked down based on who she was and of color, even though her business fundamentals told the story that as one of our loan officers or loan committee members at RPC, who's a banker, said she should have been looked at a long time ago. If it takes an extra 10 days to introduce the opportunity and the corrective action 
of how she was treated by the financial services industry for 10 years, I gladly pour into people and quote, waste time. It's a really great story and it kind of leads into my next question is, um, what do you offer the businesses that have been approved for loans as further resources and, and help? We still provide our customers business technical assistance, not compulsory. Uh, we'll find that, for instance, there are two uh, great women-owned business leaders. Uh, they, between them, have done seven uh, TA sessions that they didn't have to do on pricing, on wave accounting, probably three other areas. So while we have our business technical assistance for those that we find when they're applying may need to bolster and strengthen some areas in their business plan or their business model, because that's actually good portfolio management and loan management. They do better in P&Ls and accounting before and during being a customer of ours. That's gonna help everybody. But for those who are our current customers, we still provide that one-on-one. -on -one. You don't have to go to a session. If you are a customer of our PC and you pick up the phone and you ask, can I have a one-on-one -on -one session on pricing or on strategic planning. I missed the session open to some of those entrepreneurs who may be in your loan stream. Sorry, I was working, but can I schedule? Yes, you can. And as of uh, last week, for our customers as well, uh, we have uh, entered into partnership uh, agreement. We were just announcing this and doing a Grand Rapids Business Journal interview uh, just Thursday with Miller Johnson, where for our customers, we have a free legal business legal pro bono assistance program that provides our customers with pro bono business assistance by Miller Johnson in four areas, corporate law, contracts, PPP, navigation, disputes, other areas that we just know in a time like this, those very excellent high quality legal services before or during COVID, uh, it's pretty expensive, uh, but they are key enterprise factors for a business filing again, contracts, employee handbooks. So for our customers now to have a second service that helps them sustain their business that is non-capital, but as some of our borrowers say, is just as important, if not more than capital. Those are the things that we offer. It's not just a loan. We are really wanting to uh, do what we can to have a business be successful. Well, thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate you explaining that. And so for those business owners who are out there currently, how do they get access to some of those resources? And on top of that specifically, what does some of that help that you provide look like? First by contacting and uh, asking about the resources. Uh, again, we are no different than uh, other financial institutions. We're not going to know 
what you need, what you're eligible for, what, while it's progressively different than a bank, what's your ability to repay, how to structure your term of maturity, how to structure your schedule. Uh, we won't know until you contact us. So best way to do so is probably first and foremost through what I always call our first line of defense of opportunity. And that is contacting RPC either at John uh, Hendershot, our business development director, which is jhinder at rendyprogresscapital.com. Or you can contact literally the email at contact at rendyprogresscapital.com. Visit our website at www.rendyprogresscapital.com. We're going to be reconfiguring it, but what is always there is letting people know about our lending, our loan products, our customer narratives in a section there. If a borrower is really thinking about whether they have their concerns about applying, going through institutions, one of the best things to do is read the stories about those who come before them in terms of their peers who have taken the journey. You can see that in uh, our page as well about our clients and then start to even book an appointment online in our uh, appointment section on our page. Or if you really, as many of our uh, borrowers just really know, I know what I need. I know I've not really been able to have a full holistic look by a conventional lender. And I've heard about Rendy Progress Capital. Some of those just go right to the application. And again, you can find that uh, we've made it a lot more prominent because of the Race for Progress COVID uh, loan. It's right at a apply now button under our logo. Doesn't mean quote guarantee, it just means it starts the conversation. That's one part of the answer. And to know that we do two things for our excluded entrepreneurs. We provide capital, small business loans, everything from working capital, line of credit. We look at business technical assistance is our second program. We try to make it easy to have services to solve a complex problem. And I guess lastly, what you can do is um, just don't give up. 90% of our loan portfolio are made up of businesses who have received a loan from any type of entity for the first time. That means that they kept plugging, that they kept persevering, that they continue to keep their product, good or service focused to move through the barriers that they faced. And then they came to us after others may have denied them, after others may have not even come out of the office. We had one person who was supposed to meet with a loan officer at another institution. She was asked to meet with the teller. Keep persevering because like the growing portfolio of ours, 90% have gotten a loan for the first time from anywhere. So that's what I would say. That's a pretty shocking number for me to kind of think about that 90% 
of the businesses, the first loan you were able to fulfill and kind of thinking about that, what do you think other financial institutions could do to make things more equitable for these excluded entrepreneurs? To start and continue to do what Michigan State University Federal Credit Union uh, is doing. One, just having a diversity and inclusion ethos is not enough. You have to have intentionality. Your committee has to set standards in inclusion, not just who you partner with, with organizations and entities such as Rendy Progress Capital, but the CEO and the DEI committee members at MSU, FCU, just like other financial institutions who have an intentionality to hire more money managers of color. That's one thing that I tell people all the time, whether it's MSU, FCU, whether it is bank, a community bank, one of the ways to reduce the gap, that bias still exists, not by everybody, but people who make decisions on who they lend, offset by more women and more people of color, not only being in the support management roles of lead uh, money management, investment banking, commercial banking, uh, but literally being the VPs of those different departments. Uh, partnering second, partnering with emerging or existing CDFIs like Rendy Progress Capital, like the Michigan State University Federal Credit Union is doing. You all are not just providing us operational capital. You're providing Amanda uh, with her time and knowledge to work with John Hendershot to help not in a way of pathology, assuming that businesses of color don't know what they're doing, but actually offering your financial education services in a way where it's the barrier of social capital. If you don't get the memo from free or subsidized TA sessions, as you would normally if you are someone's male peer or white peer business where you're running into people who can give you advice all the time. And if you don't bring that through your wisdom at MSU, FCU, connecting with us to provide those barriers of social capital, then we're going to face the problem of barriers uh, all the time. So more institutions like MSU, FCU should partner through capital and through social capital of time and talent so that entrepreneurs of color who are normally just as excluded from the information as they are from the capital can close the gap. Thirdly would be, uh, again, support us with capital because while banks can't take some of the added risks that we do, we have a deeper understanding of the market of entrepreneurs of color and we can manage that risk because we're dealing with them, you know, a lot more intimately. And I would say lastly, joint deals. We can be a credit enhancement to banks and other financial institutions 
as our lending to entrepreneurs of color can be subordinated debt to your commercial debt. So doing referrals, seeing if we can possibly stack capital and spread out risk by coming together. Uh, those are the different ways that traditional institutions can really uh, do things to be more equitable for entrepreneurs of color other than what we're trying to do. And we can't do it alone. Yeah, thank you. I have enjoyed the partnership that we have had in the interactions that I've had, you know, helping John and being able to present and give that financial education. So I appreciate that opportunity. And we very much appreciate it. Uh, we definitely uh, see the uh, responses, uh, the evaluations from the sessions. Uh, we report that to uh, our funders and let them know what people have thought about the session on credit from John and Amanda uh, at MSU FCU. And it, it's just been great. And that's why we had a banner year, not only in our lending of a 339% increase in our, in our lending, but serving almost 300 uh, excluded entrepreneurs because of partners such as uh, MSU FCU who, two things, live out and find commonality in what we are doing to be an inclusive economy and to talk about it exclusively and unequivocally in terms of racial equity. And then second, that uh, you partner with us both in your funds and in your time has really led us to do a lot of things that we didn't think we could do only in our third year. Um, we really appreciate you as well. Thank you so much, Eric, for talking to us about all of this. And as I sit and I listen to everything that's going on, I listen to the way that you're talking about the, the importance and the things that these excluded entrepreneurs may run into. And as I look at your backdrop right behind you, I am looking at the letters the other way, CPR. And in that, it makes me think about the fact that you are breathing, you all are breathing life wow. into this excluded entrepreneur community. And it's so important because sometimes without the things that are that you all are doing, they wouldn't get access to that funding and they would have that dream to just stay as maybe an idea phase or, you know, only reach a certain level and then, you know, give up because of that lack of capital that exists. So thank you so much for that. Wow, I didn't even think of that. I One, wouldn't have not known uh, from this angle. And two, I write the name down of uh, our next commercial writer in, in the future, <laughs> uh, Mr. Montgomery. CPR, I'll, I'll take it. That's, that's humbling to, to think of it that way. And uh, only today, both in the angle and being with you, could I even uh, catch that very creative, but very appreciative. That means a lot. Well, thank you. You all definitely mean a lot to the community. And so I have family and friends that are, you know, some of them, they've started their business and, you know, they may be looking at scaling and things like that, but also people that may want to start a business and that may have those fears of running into 
that issue of capital and things like that. I know we talked about that zero to six month, you know, kind of seeing that as that incubation period of really figuring things out. Let's say I want to start a business. What may, you know, be some recommendations that you may have for me? In general or just technical to get over that fear of starting the business? Hmm. I don't know. Surprise me. It, it, it doesn't matter which way you go. <laughs> Well, part of my answer would be in, in my in my frame, I've started, you know, two entities, Progress Strategies Plus and now Rendy Progress Capital. Every day somebody was telling me the reasons why not to just as much as the reasons to do so. So the first thing is navigate by your own North Star. If you know that you have a good product, good or service that others will pay and exchange to you capital for that's the driver that's going to affect everything else if you don't believe in your product good or service it's going to show up in your revenue it's going to show up in what you have as the opportunity to service of investment if you don't believe in you as much as I consider myself a decent guy and a participant of racial equity in financial services, if you don't believe in you, I'm not going to believe in you. Second, if you have that product, good or service, bring it to market, whether you test it among a few people, get some feedback. That's actually something that I've learned in all of my businesses with RPC to this day even. When we have an idea for a loan product, or changing some technical assistance sessions or introducing the COVID relief loan, we go and engage and ask and talk and listen to other entrepreneurs of color. Uh, so test what you wanna do uh, with those uh, individuals. Third would be act, think and prepare and officially operate as a business, no matter your side, get legally formed, have your systems, accounting, bookkeeping, contracts, even if you have to go out to pitch competitions and win extra money to underwrite those things uh, or really learn the software. What I find is that sometimes people say they wanna be uh, in business, but they don't conceptualize themselves as a company whether that's sole proprietor or three people, truly be about business. Find a score or SBDC in your community or on your college campus to tell you the ins and outs about marketing, to learn how to go through Lara and be registered, to uh, figure out what to do with your first $100 that you make before you have to think about what systems you have in place when you get your first $100,000. Persevere. And lastly, this, it will always come back to you if you balance profits with social responsibility. You have to care about something other than making money. And if you can merge the two, if you can give back to the community, if you can hire people from vulnerable populations, uh, if you can merge that with profits, you'll get a look at people that in this sphere 
and in this place of impact investing, people are looking to support business who can meet the bottom line and the triple bottom line of environment, people, and money. Just keep at it and do all of those things. That's what I would say if you're ever hesitant to start a business. Thank you for that. I feel very, very inspired over here. And, you know, just with the information that you've told and the going forward and conceptualizing yourself in that place, sometimes this can be, our, our mind can be our greatest enemy or negative to ourselves. So conceptualizing that journey and seeing yourself in it. Thank you, thank you. And you have to, because the statistics, the ones that we fight, let us fight those battles of 36% people of color, own businesses having higher loan denial rates than their white peers, even when credit worthy. Women of color owned businesses, you know, finding barriers that if you do get some kind of conventional capital, you may get a smaller dollar amount than your male peer business owner. Though, again, it's not only our job. Let us at Randy Progress Capital take on that. Don't let the statistics override your courage to get in and start your business. But they are out there. I could throw so many statistics out that would you know, be as current barriers to people uh, starting their dream. Uh, but you need to you need to plug through it. And if you have more institutions like Rendy Progress Capital connecting together with Michigan State University Federal Credit Union, you'll find people out there that if you jump forward, will not only try to be there for you, but we'll try to cut down those barriers. So while there are excuses, the more we can have these partnerships between a racial equity loan fund and a credit union like MSU, there should be less and less of these mental barriers that stop people from taking that uh, step. So thank you for allowing yourself, uh, Mr. Montgomery, to be part of the answer as to why no one should have within their own barrier or their mind to be a barrier to business because we're connecting together to make sure they can just step forward on their own. So thank you all. Thank you so much, Eric. And we really appreciate you being here with us and sharing that knowledge and appreciate the fabulous work that you're doing to break down those barriers and your partnership with us. We think it's fantastic. So we can't say thank you enough. Same here, but I'll keep doing it. Appreciate it so much. As we continue to add small business highlights to each season, if you own a small business and are interested in being featured on the podcast, please email us at financialeducation at msufcu.org. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight. We thank you for being a loyal listener of Wallet Watch. Speaking of loyalty, we have an awesome program that we are confident our listeners will love. Local loyalty is all about benefiting our members while supporting local businesses. 
The program allows our members to take advantage of discounts simply by using their credit union debit or credit card at participating businesses. Discounts include BOGOs and percentages off certain products and services. To see all of the savings you could take advantage of, visit msufcu.org backslash special offers. If you are a business and would like to learn more about local loyalty and how you can take advantage of free advertising or simply would like to obtain additional information, please email localloyalty at msufcu.org. Wallet Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Amanda Kahn, Devante Montgomery, and me, Lindsay Morgan. Our executive producers are Whitney Anderson Harrell and Lauren Kalarzik. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our credit union's website, financial48.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.